Today on the DML News Podcast, is America's economy going to fall to China? Will the U.S. dollar become useless? That's what we're going to talk about today, and it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word, and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch, and I thank you for joining me today. Across from me is the always looking good Denny. I like the scruff. I like the scruff and the glasses. It's a good look. Wish I could do that. If I were to grow in my scruff, it would be all white. And that's the craziest thing. You know, people ask me all the time, do you color your hair, Dennis? I do not color my hair. You guys would attest, right? I do not color my hair. But if I were to grow in my beard, it would be completely white. But I look at you, and I look at Ryan. You guys both have the beard thing going. Looks good on both of you. Well, thank you. Until you become my age, and then you look like Santa Claus. We typically start every show with a shake from Ryan and Ryan's Cafe. However, because I have lost my voice and it's just starting to come back, I have been avoiding anything dairy. So there's no shakes because I cannot control myself from having those shakes. They're so delicious. So people asking, where's the daily shake? You're not having a shake until my voice is 100%. And this happened to me once before, by the way, back when I was uh, hosting the show on Newsmax. I remember I had to do a whole bunch of shows. We were going on vacation and I loaded up interviews and I couldn't speak for like six days. I don't know what the hell happened, but I, you just pound your throat so much. And so it's now finally starting to come back. But uh, every time I speak, it feels like a strain. Anyway, Denny, uh, aside from complimenting you, let me ask you a question. Uh, 28 years old and you are dealing with what adults now have to deal with in the sense that you have bills every single last day coming into your life. Are you yet at that place where you're sitting at the kitchen table at nighttime wondering if things will ever get better for this economy? Or are you starting to feel as if things are getting a little bit better? Oh no, I'm I'm definitely still at that kitchen table. Sometimes my desk, times in my bed, but yeah, still there. All right. So what goes through your head when you're when you when you're when you're talking or thinking? And when I'm saying talking, you're probably talking to your brother. But you know, I perfect example. You live with Ryan. If Ryan leaves the bathroom light on, do you give him crap? Uh, I just I just go in and turn it off. You just turn it off. Do you find yourself doing things like turning lights off and turning different things, air conditioning? I mean, in Florida, we don't use heat really, but air conditioning. Do you keep the air conditioning at the very, very top so this way you're not using as much to try to preserve preserve as much energy because that ultimately leads to a bill? Uh, Yeah, best way to answer it, I mean – lived in a lot of few different places. I mean, my own apartment, the beach house, now my uh, own uh, second apartment. Uh, there's a naturalization of preservation mode. So yes, like before I go out, the lights are off. If uh, we're not there during the day, the uh, thermostat's set to a certain temperature. Um, you know, I even try to do it consciously with uh, 
using my washer and dryer, like, you know, try to make it so it's a set day where I'm doing all the washing and drying. So it's not, you know, uh, as mom would probably do rapidly, continuous sporadically throughout the week. So measures of preservation to try and keep those costs down. I just want to be clear on something with the beach house. We do not own a beach house, nor do you. No, it's, you it's were a, living with a guy who had a house that they called the beach house, even though it was nowhere near the beach. So before we go getting emails about how it is that you have a beach house. No, no, it was a yeah. nickname. Yeah. There is a story in the Daily Mail that I wanted to cover today. And yeah, it breaks away from some of the normal stuff we've been talking about, border, Iran, all the other different jazz, because, you know, all those things, you could look at all those things and they're all very important. But when we zero down in on our own lives, whether we've got Biden in place, Trump in place, Ronald Reagan in place, it's the same thing all the time. How do I get ahead? How do I have more money in my pocket? How do I get the costs of being an American to go down? And it's like, Nobody really has figured that out yet. Now, with that being said, to add a little gloom and doom to things, there is a story out of the Daily Mail that I thought would be very interesting for you and I to discuss, knowing the fact that a lot of the answers you just gave me about what you're doing with your lights and trying to preserve your cash is something that probably every single listener that we have today goes through the same thing. I know I do. I know I do. I know when I see lights that are being left on or whatever, I'm going around the house feverishly trying to turn it off. And one of the reasons that I always try to preserve my cash is because I always fear the day when my cash no longer has the value that it once does. So the more that you pile up, the more security that you may have. Very, very nerve-wracking story. Famed financial analyst Richard Bove predicts the fall of the U.S. economy and says China will take over as the money superpower in his final forecast ahead of his retirement. The dollar is finished as the world's reserve currency. Let me just give a couple of paragraphs from this. China will soon overtake the American economy and the U.S. dollar will catastrophically collapse, according to famed financial analyst Richard X. Bove. In a characteristically historic forecast, the recently retired 83-year-old banking oracle has announced that the dollar is finished as the world's reserve currency. His dire prophecy comes despite the collapse of China's Evergrande impacting its property sector, which accounts for roughly a quarter of the country's economy, and despite the U.S. economy doing better than expected in the last quarter. But it's in line with the longer-term outlook, with many analysts forecasting China taking America's lead spot in the world rankings in just over a decade. Speaking with the New York Times, Bove said you won't hear his latest prediction from any other analysts because they are monks praying to money who won't speak out about the mainstream financial system their livelihoods depend on. Florida-based Bove worked at 17 brokerage firms during his decades-long career before retiring from boutique brokerage Odeon Capital. And he's no stranger to the spotlight or making bets which go against the grain. 
Not all of his financial forecasts have borne out, but he's known for predicting the 2008 housing crisis three years before it happened in his 2005 report, The Powder Keg is Going to Blow. However, Bove's latest prediction is in line with projections based on current growth rates, which show that Chinese GDP will more than double that of the United States in just over 10 years, according to World Economics. However, in the short term, America's economy grew much faster than expected in the final three months of this, uh, the past year, while China suffered a major blow to its property sector. The U.S. easily missed going into recession, which many analysts had forecast was inevitable. Gross domestic product, a measure of all goods and services produced, jumped 3.3% annually in October through December, the Commerce Department reported this month. Analyst consensus has been for a fourth quarter growth rate of just 2%. It was slightly lower paced than that of 4.9% rate in the third quarter from July through September, which was thanks to a surge in consumer spending over the summer months. But the latest figures reflect the surprising durability of the U.S. economy and the willingness of the American consumer to spend despite high interest rates and price levels. It marks the sixth straight quarter in which GTP has grown, gross domestic product has grown, at an annual pace of 2% or more. The reason why I went through that is because there's something in that article that stands out to me. This guy, Bove, says that what you're going to hear from these analysts is all good stuff because their jobs depend on it. You take a guy like this who's retiring at 83 years old. He's got nothing to lose, nothing to gain at this point other than giving it how he feels it is. I can tell you that I have been an entrepreneur since I'm 18 years old. And anybody who listens to this program has heard me say for the past year and a half that the bottom of this economy was going to fall out. And I have been consistently wrong this time. I've been right all my other times. And your mother says to me, you know, you said it was going to get bombed. You know, you said it was going to trash. You know, you said it was going to fall out. And it hasn't fallen out yet. And I can't understand why that is. When I get a guy like this saying that, I automatically think of people like you who I know make decent money, you make decent money, and you don't have an incredible amount of responsibilities like you don't have three kids, you don't have a kid, you don't even, you're not even married, and yet I always hear you discussing things about food, gasoline, electric, you know, all the energy, all the things that you need in order to make your day go in and out. And I keep on saying it's a function of just time before the bottom falls out. And if our dollar collapses to that of the Chinese, I don't think people understand what will happen to this country. This country will work itself into a depression level like we have never seen in our lifetime, your lifetime or my lifetime, going back literally to the Great Depression. And if you take what we're watching happening at our border, where we've got millions upon millions of people coming into this country, all going to be needing the same things that you and I need, and yet we're printing money from China, we're borrowing money from China to wind up supplying goods and services to people who shouldn't be in the country, and then sending money to places like Ukraine and all over the world 
we are setting ourselves up for economic decline in a level that is, like this man says, collapse. Jesus. <laughs> it's so true, though. Um, uh, and, and I think that's horrifying to think about. Um, just because, I mean, look how China is ruled over there. You know, the, the free speech is not an existent thing. Um, if you don't listen to Xi, I mean, he got that unanimous uh, re-election. What was it last year? You know, no one's going to speak out against that. Um, so to think that their currency is going to be the controlling, you know, standard here is a uh, is very frightening. And to your point, I mean, he has nothing to lose with a prediction like that. You know, it's uh, he's retiring. Uh, he has no job to worry about. Uh, he probably sees it how it is, and maybe in his view, and it sounds like it, this is his last uh, warning call to say, "Hey, this is where this is where it's ha- uh, heading to." Well, think about this for a moment. If you don't pay your electric bill because things become too dire, what happens? Uh, gets sent to uh, my it'll, it'll impact my credit report. So that's all right. No bueno. Go 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 a little collections. Go, yeah, um, even go higher than that. What did you say, Ryan? Oh, well, they'll turn it off. I mean, yeah, that's the they'll turn yes. off your electric. Yes. Okay. Water if you, and all that. If you don't pay your car payment, what happens? Take your car. They repossess your car. Yes. If you don't pay your mortgage, what happens? Take the house. They take the house. Okay. Point being this. I want everybody to think about those things in their life right now and how it is that you have to find a way to pay those bills. What happens to the United States of America if it can no longer pay back its debt to China. You're going to be sinking hard. <laughs> you wind up becoming a puppet that China actually controls. Right. You will have to do anything and everything that China says you have to do because they will hold. So there's only one way around it. There's only one way. So if you don't pay your American Express bill, American Express will take your card away. That's stage one. American Express is going to call you up and say, hey, Dennis, put you on a payment plan. If you wind up saying, I can't get onto a payment plan, American Express is going to sue you. You are then going to have a judgment against you, and then your wages are going to wind up being garnished. It go, It keeps on going and going and going and going. You are not going to escape the debt that you have to them. You're just not. You can't walk away from it and say, ah, screw it. I'm just not paying it. It's not the way it works. Nobody in this country ever talks about that. And this is why I'm talking about it today. We will not be able to just walk away from the debt we have to China. We will not be able to. And what's happening is this country is so confident in the strength of its own dollar that it never, ever thinks about the possibility of if our dollar collapses and is worthless, what do we do? We will have to start selling off things to China. China will eventually own this country. People don't understand that. You go up to your basic liberal and you, you talk about something like China and the dangers of China and the dangers of borrowing money, and they just think the money grows on trees. Oh, yeah, give to Ukraine, give to Ukraine. All these people in Washington, D.C., 
keep on signing these CRs, these continuing resolutions, they are literally killing the future for our children and your children. Because what we're doing is we continue to borrow. And if our dollar isn't worth anything, gone. It's gone. So think about that. If you go tomorrow and you take a loan, the first thing they're going to ask you for is collateral. You have to put collateral up. What, what kind of collateral? Give you an example. If you go tomorrow, if you and your brother decide you want to start a new business, you're going to start a, a hot dog business, all right? You're going to go out and you're going to buy four vans and, you know, uh, you, you're going to get two employees and you guys are going to have four hot dog trucks all over the place. They're going to come to you and say, okay, we'll borrow the, we'll, we'll lend you the money. You see your business plan. Okay. What are you going to put up for collateral? You're going to put up your place. You're going to put up your condominium. Okay. Well, when the business fails, and you cannot give the money back that you borrowed to the bank. After They're going to say, all right, we're going to assume. What are we going to assume for? We're going to assume for the collateral. And they're going to take your house. And then you're going to have zero. That's what we're looking at right now in this country with China actually going to be the currency of the world. And I don't think people ever take the time to take what they know is true in their own life and apply it to the country. Because as this guy just said right here, these people all have a self-interest. They're just going to keep on telling you things are rosy. They're going to keep on, oh, invest your money and keep on investing your money, keep on investing your money because that's how they make a fortune. And yet nobody brings up the amount of debt. We just went over $34 trillion in debt. This country is 34 $4 trillion in debt. How do you think we're going to pay it off? To your point, you're just going to have to start selling land assets that you're going to be beholden financially and then literally uh, policy-wise to China. It's USC, United States of China. The reason why we bring this up, people have written me over the course of time, Dennis, and they have said that they learn so much from this program, that they have learned so much from different things that I've taught them over a period of time. I just had a woman, not more than maybe a day ago, I should read these emails. She said to me that she was never into politics until she started listening to me. And now she can't get away from it. She just loves it. She learned so much from here. And one of the things that I've prided myself on, and the reason, one of the reasons why I decided to do this program today, to just take a break, because we keep talking about the same crap day in and day out. It's the border, it's Iran, it's Joe Biden, it's Hunter Biden, it's you know Marjorie Taylor Greene, and nothing ever changes. Nothing ever changes. Everybody's still trying to turn off their lights. Everybody's still trying to figure out how they're going to get the next dime. God forbid you got some of the older people that listen to us. They're trying to figure out how to squeeze uh, you know, a, a water from a rock in terms of their social security. The only way to change this is to get somebody in office who understands the principle of what I'm talking about. You cannot expect somebody of Joe Biden's caliber or Barack Obama's character. Yesterday, we talked about the potential of Michelle Obama. These people have absolutely no education in economics. They know nothing. They know nothing. What they are is they're, they're talkers. 
and they just, they're, they're smooth talkers who align themselves up with media personalities who will give them all day long and tell you how great it is that Biden is and how great it is that Michelle is and how great it is. No. The one guy who's really great at economics in, in the political sphere as we know it is Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump has sat here and warned us about China. How many times? How many times? How many videos are there of you hearing Trump say, China, 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 China? And everybody makes fun of him. But what he's talking about is true. And that's why when you've got somebody and they're in front of you and there's somebody who's saying, I can't vote for Trump. I can't, I can't get aligned with Trump. Don't talk about the tweets. Don't talk about uh, the nicknames he gives people. Don't try to defend any of that stuff. Talk about this with somebody, about how it is that the U.S. dollar is set to collapse and we keep on borrowing money that we don't have. you got to personalize it. Bring it back in. That's why this conversation, I started off with asking you about turning off your lights and, and uh, you know, not driving, may, maybe not going on that weekend vacation that you wanted to go on because it's going to cost more in gas. It's going to cost more. People need to start to understand that there's no difference between the way they live their lives and the way that the country operates. If you just kept on borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, sooner or later, your life is going to come right underneath your feet, and you're going to lose it all. And that's where we're at right now in this country. We are at the, you've got a guy who's putting out the warning. He's retiring and he's saying, I am going to tell you that the country is going to collapse. The dollar is going to collapse. If the dollar collapses and you've got $3 million sitting in the bank, that's going to be worthless. People don't get it. It's going to be worthless. And that's, that's why. You want to have a conversation with somebody about why they shouldn't be voting for Biden or somebody else like that? Right there. Talk to them about money because that's the one thing we all universally have in common is money. Yeah, and I, I feel like people should want America to be a rich nation. You know, we should want to be resourceful. We should be well-funded. We shouldn't have to. I mean, think how much value there is. I mean, we, we kind of saw it when we did... Um, uh, America the Beautiful with the, the RV tour, uh, the beauty of our small businesses, like that's what makes America special. Uh, we, China does not have that same mindset. As you know, they're, they're, they love the mass factories. They love pushing out the fast stuff as, as quick as they can. Uh, but the, if it doesn't go with the regime, they don't care for you. Whereas like America, that whole purpose was, you know, our small businesses are supposed to be the foundation of some of our state economies and and, and, and supposed to be what makes us unique and different from that world stage. But if you have a bunch of small businesses that can't live on what's going on with the dollar being decreased as it is, uh, that, that idea, as we've seen too in the last few years, starts to crumble. They go out of business. They sell them off. I mean, you see stories now where farmers are asked or even getting paid not to farm you know, because they want that land to then be bought up by the Chinese or Bill Gates, who just works alongside with them. I think that's what's scary is like the three sectors are you got Trump who knows what's coming. You have your very lefty liberal politicians who just don't have the idea of what's coming. And then you get someone like Nikki Haley who knows what's coming, but is welcoming it because she can feed off the, you know, the enterprise and success off of a foreign entity, you know, thriving off of our demise. So it's either you're joining the camp of blindly following or knowing, or you join the Trump camp, which is, Let's get away from that. I bet everyone listening have more 
money in their pockets during Trump compared to right now. Uh, but now we're going to get to a point where it doesn't even matter how much you have, just that value of a loan is now gone. I don't, what What is the uh, Chinese currency, the yuan, yuan or the, the... Oh, I don't know. They, they were bringing up the part of, about the Chinese... In that article that I had brought up, they were talking about how the Chinese real estate market has collapsed. And and trust me when I tell you, it's a temporary burp. Yeah. All right. It's the regular ebb and flow of all economies. You have ups and you have downs. The difference between China and the United States is that China is not borrowing money from us. We're borrowing, and here's the part that Again, I just want to put this into simplistic terms. I'll ask Ryan. Ryan went to school for business. Ready, Ryan? Yeah. Let's assume for the moment that you had a debt owed to your brother for $20,000, right? Yeah. And you came to me and you said, Dad, could I borrow $20,000? And I gave you the $20,000. Would you wind up giving the $20,000 to your brother and being out of debt, or would you borrow it to your friend who's asking you if they could borrow $15,000 from you? Wouldn't I, if I gave the $20,000, Denny, wouldn't I owe you $20,000? If you'd owe me $20,000, yeah, but you'd you be 20, out of one debt, right? Yeah. Okay. Or but, if, but, if you, but if you took my $20,000 and you wound up giving your friend a loan for fifteen grand. And then you kept five in your pocket, you would owe Denny 20 and you'd owe me 20. And you would have given some person money that you didn't have to give. Correct? That's what the United States does right now. Think about that. What the United States does right now is it borrows money and instead of turning around and applying it to somewhere where they need to, they give it off to somebody else. Ukraine. Ukraine. And we're never going to get it back. That was the one part of the equation I didn't give to Ryan. Would you give it to somebody who can't pay you back? The answer is no. But that's what we keep on doing. And people keep on voting for that. And it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. You would never owe money to somebody, borrow other money, and give it away for free to somebody else. You just wouldn't. If you did that, they would call you insane. That's insanity. And yet that's what's happening here in the United States. You know, when we did the homeless movie, there was a section in that homeless movie we were talking about why it is that people can't get out from being homeless or whatever. And two things about that movie always stuck. Number one is when we did research, I didn't realize the fact that entrepreneurship in this country continues to be on the decline each and every single year. And one of the reasons why it's on the decline each and every year is because the banks have locked up the money. They don't make it easy anymore for people to borrow. They've locked down on it. It's almost impossible. In fact, when I was going for my mortgage on the house I have now, I never forget the woman, may she uh, rest in peace. She died shortly after uh, selling us the house and doing our mortgage. I mean, I had enough money to buy the house, but I wanted to borrow because the interest rates were so low. And she kept on asking me for another document and another document and another document. And I said, what the hell is going on here? I've given you the documents. I show that I could buy this house. And she said to me, she goes, Dennis, 
you would get a mortgage easier if you worked at McDonald's than having your own business. I said, how can you say that? She says, because the banks know that McDonald's aren't going out of business, but you, they don't know. And I said, wait a second, I've been in business for 20 years. What are you talking about? She said, it doesn't matter. The banks are going to clamp down on Americans who can't do it. Why do you think that China keeps on lending us money? You want to know why they know? They don't even want the money back, Dennis. They know we're never going to be able to repay it. They know that there's going to be a day when they're going to collect the collateral. They know if they were operating like a real bank, the United States would not be getting any money. They'd say, there's no way you're ever going to pay back this money. But they're doing it because they know ultimately our dollar is going to collapse and they're going to take this country over. And the fact that our politicians don't see this and that you don't have more guys like this Dove screaming that out or Bove, whatever his name is, is a, is, is a sin. I was to say, maybe I, I, like, I have an idea of what it would look like, but what would that collection look like? Is it in the form of, you know, being more direct, like time to pay, pay your due, or is it blackmailing certain politicians because of, oh, or does it become a military conflict? Like what? What, what does it look like when the United States when, can when pair? The bill, when the bill finally comes due, because to your point, they have been on this almost endless march of lending, lending, lending. When does it get to the point where we're just are so self-destructed or when hate to pay. I mean, he says it in the, in his prediction in the next 10 years. So uh, that it surpasses the U S dollar. So is that the dropping point? It's, I go back to the same thing, Dennis, you got to take something as big as China and U S in, in monetary policy and come down to something as small as you, Dennis Lynch and your own debt. If you owe money, What's going to happen? You're either going to have to pay it back. You're going to start selling things off to get money to pay out your debt, or you're going to have to file bankruptcy. And if you file bankruptcy, guess what? You're never getting again. You're never getting another car. You're never getting another house. You're going to have the most impossible job ever. If you do get a job, they're going to garnish your wages. They're going to be after you for every single time you cash a check. You're going to be searching for ways to which in which you can work for cash. And cash isn't even around anymore. That's getting burnt out. Eventually, you will have no choice. You, you will sell everything off that you have, and you'll be sitting there saying, I got nothing left. That same thing, ha- and, and what happens if you don't? Right? Let's do it differently. What happens if you owe the mob money? When you, don't, when you can't pay it, what do they do? They're going to break your legs. They're going to come for you. Right? They're going to come for you. So, Look at the same way here in the United States. At some point, China says, we're not lending you any money. Start paying it all back. When the United States can't pay it back because its dollar has collapsed and it's not worth anything anymore, they're going to say, we need something. Start selling us Nevada. We own property in Nevada already. Start selling us Nevada. Start selling us Kansas. Start selling us North Dakota. Start selling us New York City. That is the natural way it goes. Now, if the United States says, screw you, we're not selling you any of our properties, then it's going to be, okay, well, then we're going to go to war. And if we don't have enough money to be building our military, which, by the way, we have nobody, we have a recruiting issue. Nobody wants to be in the Navy. Nobody wants to be in the Army. We've done the story about the Army. Last year alone, the Army, 65,000 people short. The Navy, 
now telling you that you don't need to even have a high school degree or a GED, nothing. You got to the ninth grade and you had to drop out because you can't even spell your name? Come to the Navy. We'll take you. Really? Have you ever watched any naval movies? The amount of math? In fact, we just watched, Mom and I and Ashley just watched two nights ago, three nights ago, there was a movie with Tom Hanks on Apple TV. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's about, it's from World War II. Tom Hanks' job uh, is, to, his, uh, his naval ship is sort of like the, uh, I'll call it the watchover ship. We were taking supplies from the U.S. and we were bringing them over to Europe during World War II. And so his job was to watch over the, 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 the ships and watch out for the U-boats from the Germans that were coming and trying to blow up the ships as they go across. So Tom Hanks's job was to fight off these U-boats. I mean, it was a pretty intense movie. I mean, insanely intense. So while they were doing the, these war scenes, they got the guy sitting down there with the protractors and the rulers and doing all the math about where to drop bombs. And your mother said to me, she goes, didn't you and Denny try to do that in captain school? Remember when we were going to captain school? Because that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to do with, with the boat. We wanted to do, uh, uh, we wanted to do journeys where people could come on and charters and stuff of that nature. And I said, yeah. And I said, you know what? Me and Dennis both failed that class. You, right? Brilliant. Mr. Brilliant. Mr. College educated. Me, high school educated. Pretty smart. High IQ. We couldn't figure out how to do it. Could you imagine now a ninth, uh, a ninth grade dropout trying to do that in the Navy? So we don't have a military being built up. Our dollar is collapsing. How do you think we're going to build more ships? How are we going to build more planes? How are we going to train more people? This is what I'm talking about. I hate to spell gloom and doom, but ultimately, we don't have any money. We're screwed. And that's basically what it comes down to. And here's a guy trying to blow the warning whistle. And what do you get? You got people calling him a kook. And meanwhile, everything he says lines up to be, as far as I'm concerned, spot on correct. Last word goes to you. Uh, I pray that this is a situation that can be uh, turned around. Um, I hopefully, knock on wood, have a lot of years ahead of my life. And the last thing I want to do is be a citizen of a China 2.0 here. So hopefully... Uh, Wouldn't you like to be a citizen who can take his paycheck, pay off his bills buy the things he needs, his necessities, and have a couple of bucks left over? I think that's what everyone wants. The idea that we can uh, put in good, honest work, I mean, literally good, honest work, I feel like there's a lot, I mean, it's an American mentality, but there, in my opinion, there are more people still that want to work than there is that don't, although I think the next generation might be the counter to that, but uh, the idea of like you go to work, you put in the good, honest work that is needed, and then you can come back and afford just the necessities and anything above that recreational or luxury, you know, just depending on the class you're in, you can get. But for the necessities and the basicness of just working good, honest life and then getting that, you should be able to have that. Fiscal responsibility. Right. Fiscal responsibility. It is the basic 101 of money. And the people we have in Washington, D.C. have no freaking clue about money 101. There's one guy every single time at the end of every speech. I just watched one of Trump's speech in Nevada the other day. He ends it the same way every single time. Let's make America safe again. Let's make America rich again. 
let's make America great again. What is the crime on wanting this country to be rich, safe, and great? There shouldn't be, you know? Right. And, and again, it's always important to look at the rhetoric of, of who and how they're talking about China. Obviously, you know, Trump has always been, uh, you know, we, we keep them at a certain arm's length. They're not our buddies. They're not our friends. We're not going to condemn them to isolation because reality is they are a world stage presence, but treat them as is, you know, we're both world powers, shake hands when needed, but safeguard American interests over Chinese interests every day of the week. But now you got politicians who try to, uh, Newsom's a great example. Newsom knows what's going to happen. He's one of those people I think knows what will happen, but is still ushering it in because he thinks he's going to have one of those top, you know, political sphere spots, even beyond the governorship. And his whole idea is they should be a friend. We should welcome them to San Francisco when they're visiting and have the Chinese flag uh, wavering. That's, that's, that's him being bought off in, I'm not saying that he was, I'm just saying that is a moral bought off mindset of, Hey, this is the reality. Let's just embrace and accept it. I don't like that mentality. Well, let's use Ryan. I'm going to close out using Ryan one more time in that example I brought up. So, Ryan owed you 20 grand, asked me for 20 grand. I thought he was going to take the money and pay you off and then he would owe me, right? No, that's not what he did. He took 15 grand, gave it to somebody who could never give it back to him, took the other five grand and went on crazy vacations. Now he comes back and he asks me to borrow another 20. I'm going to say to him, wait a second, what'd you do with the first 20? Oh, I gave it to my friend who's a drug addict. Oh, really? What'd you do with the other five? Oh, I spent it. I went on trips. Well, what about your brother? You owe him 20 grand. Well, yeah, can I borrow 20 grand this time? I think I'm going to start giving back Denny some of his money. You know what I'm going to say? No. I'm going to say no. You're not getting it. Go try to get it somewhere else. He's going to go to somewhere else. He's going to run out of people to do it. The only way for the United States to get out of this situation right now is we need to start treating our money with respect. Here's how it works. You call up Ukraine, you call up the Congo, you call up all the and Brazil, and you say, guess what? We can't lend you any more money. Zero. That's it. We're out. In fact, you owe us money. So now start giving us some of the money you owe us back. Oh, and you don't, we got stuff to sell you. You want to buy some stuff? Buy our stuff. And we start collecting money again. We stop borrowing from China, and we're going to say to China, you want to know something? We're going to give you back your money. We need a better interest rate. We need to cut a new deal, and that's how we do it. And we're going to start paying off our debt. We're going to start selling our stuff around the world. And I don't mean selling off our stuff. We're going to start selling our stuff. We're going to start building yeah, stuff again here. Things. Yeah, we're going to manufacture stuff here in the United States again. We're going to want to become a powerhouse. We're going to stop borrowing. Say, hey, Congo, you need money? Call China. You know, or you want to know something? Start selling stuff. Whatever you got in Congo, I don't know what it is. Start selling stuff, and if it's worth it, we'll buy it. And that's, you change it. You change your mentality in the same way that if Ryan turns around and goes out and gets a job and then starts paying you off and pays me off and turns his whole life around and all of a sudden now he's got a surplus, maybe I'll wind up buying from him or I'll wind up borrowing from him when I need money. But for as long as he stays a deadbeat, that's the way he's going to go. He's going to go right into the abyss. And that's where the United States is right now. We're headed to the abyss. Both is warning about it. And nobody's doing anything about it except for Donald J. Trump trying to scream out and saying, hey, vote for me and we'll fix this. And that's that. Until the next time, may you save your money. May God make it so this way our money is worth something. And of course, may God bless you, your family, these United States. And may he bless 
Mr. Bove, for telling the truth because the truth needs to be told. We'll talk to you soon. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and Team DML.